This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Friday, February 5th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott, joined right now by Chris Hummer, National College Football Writer for 24-7 Sports. Chris, National Signing Day ended a few days ago, and now it is time for one of my favorite pieces that you do every single year. It's the All-Impact Team. We're going to run through a few of the top names to highlight, and I'm going to give you a chance here to to tell everyone what this is and, and maybe stress that this is not the best quarterback in the class but just the guy who is probably going to play right away yeah we do this we do this every year at 24 7 sports essentially we take 22 or 23 players from the 2021 class and we project who is going to play the most immediately so this isn't always the most talented player it's not always the player with the highest upside it's the player with the best combination of talent and situation who will be able to help their team right away come the 2021 season. I, w- I would stress right away that this was more difficult than ever this year due to seniors coming back, due to some schools dipping into the transfer portal more than ever, and due to a lot of um, players missing out on their senior seasons due to COVID. But I still feel very confident that there will be true freshmen next year who are in line to contribute. And these are some of the players we really expect to do so uh, come 2021. So quarterback Baron Morton, uh, number 160 player in the 24-7 sports composite. He's going to Texas Tech. Man, the Red Raiders really have to get things going in year three of the Matt Wells era. There have been no headlines uh, from Lubbock any of these past football seasons. Nothing of note to hang your hat on. I feel like they've almost squandered the Patrick Mahomes limelight that they should be basking in. It would make sense to turn things over to a true freshman quarterback. There was a push among boosters this year to fire Matt Wells after two seasons. So that's as, that's as good as it went for Matt Wells in year two. And I think Baron Morton immediately addresses a lot of needs for Texas Tech. Uh, with Alan Bowman leaving the program via the transfer portal, Texas Tech has a really big opening at quarterback with Henry Columbia being the only returning kind of player with experience. And I think uh, Baron's ready to play right away even though he's coming from 3A football in Texas. Uh, he was a dynamic dual threat in high school, threw for 3,600 yards, 37 touchdowns as a senior, also ran for 900 yards and 19 touchdowns. He completed 69% of his passes. He is a perfect fit for Sonny Cumbie, their new offensive coordinator's air raid scheme. And he's also just kind of the hometown kid. Barron's from Lubbock. Uh, he grew up there. He grew up rooting for Graham Harrell. And for Matt Wells, a coach who needs all the momentum in the world, Putting a face like that as kind of the front and center of your program uh, is going to do nothing but help him going into next year. And I think Barron has an excellent chance of starting from the jump. I don't even want to know how young you must have been to, to be a, a very young fan during the days of Graham Harrell and Michael Crabtree. At running back, I think we have the biggest slam dunk on this list. It's Travion Henderson going to Ohio State. I don't know what gives for his 24-7 sports composite ranking at number 22. The top two four seven R rankings have him at ten, I believe, which is 
the highest for a running back since the 2017 class with Najee and Cam Akers. To me, this feels a lot like the J.K. Dobbins situation a few years ago. Really good player coming in. Yeah, he's got a few guys he's got to battle with, but by the end of the year, maybe by week one, he's the guy clearly going forward. Yeah, and Travion has a much higher ceiling than J.K. does. And I, I watched a lot of J.K. Dobbins in high school. He played like 40 minutes away from me at LaGrange. And Travion's a better athlete. He's going to run. Like, he's a sub-11 second, 100-meter uh, guy. He's dynamic with the ball in his hands. He is elite as an athlete. And I think he's a guy who immediately elevates the ceiling of that Ohio State running back room. I have no doubt he's going to play right away. And I would not be shocked if he overtakes Master Teague for that starting job by the uh, kind of middle of the 2021 season. He's that good. At receiver, this was a big signing day win for Florida State. Destin Hill, he's the number 113 player in the composite. And his addition boosted the Seminoles from the number 30 class to uh, 2022 or 24, uh, which, which is nice for Mike Norvell. I feel like the last few off seasons, it feels like the last six of them, we kept talking about Tamari and Terry. Never really became the, the game breaker we thought. I don't know if Destin Hill profiled as a, as a you know deep threat field stretcher, but I think when you look at him and look at the rest of the roster, there's no reason why he couldn't emerge as perhaps a go-to guy. Yeah, Florida State really needs impact players at receiver, as well as that program is recruited. Uh, well, maybe not what? this year. No, no, yeah. But, but, but previously, they had a lot of elite receivers on the roster, at least in terms of recruiting rankings, but none of those really panned out. Florida State made a really big move in the transfer portal, adding Andrew Parchment. But I, I really think Destin Hill is a guy who can start from the jump for Florida State and really give that offense its kind of like a little bit of a punch that it lacked last year. He is a really like he doesn't have the track times to really put this on paper, but he is a really fast player. He looks fast on tape. He tends to run past whoever he's playing against. And I do think he can kind of be that presence in that deep threat Florida State really needs. You only have one tight end to choose from. Thomas Fedone, Nebraska, the top player in the state of Iowa. They need something here in in, uh, in Lincoln. Nebraska needs all the help it can get at the skill positions. With Wandale Robinson transferring to Kentucky, I don't think Nebraska returns a single receiver with more than 10 catches last year. So the tight end position is going to have to kind of carry the day. Starting tight end, Austin Allen is back. But Thomas is in position to play right away. And he is a guy who played a jumbo wide receiver position in high school anyway. I think the knock on him is he's going to have to add strength. He's going to have to get better as a blocker. There's absolutely no reason he can't line up in the slot as a true freshman and take some of those catches Wandale Robinson would have received last year. Thomas is one of the best tight ends in the country, and I fully expect him to have a major role for the Cornhuskers right away. Offensive line, Alabama signed the best class ever and also signed the best offensive line class ever. They got to replace Alex Leatherwood. You've got Evan Neal on one side. You you listed two. You you admitted it's a cop-out. J.C. Latham and Tommy Brockermeyer, two top five players in the composite. You feel pretty good about one of these guys or maybe someone else in the 2021 class plugging in pretty immediately on that O-line. Yeah, there's a spot at offensive tackle for Alabama opposite Evan Neal. And we've seen in the past, Nick Saban is not afraid to play true freshman, especially along the offensive line. We've seen it year after year. Guys like Alex Leatherwood, guys like Evan Neal go back a couple of years. Um, you have Ken Robinson starting as a true freshman. And I'm Jonah forgetting Williams. one. Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams with the Bengals now. Yes, he started as a true freshman as well. And there's absolutely no reason uh, J.C. Latham or Tommy Brockermeyer isn't starting at right tackle opposite Evan Williams this year. If I had to like put money on who would start ahead of the other, I'd probably go with Brockemeyer as the long-term right tackle at Alabama and the short-term answer as well. 
He's been an offensive lineman all of his all his life. His dad is a former All-American at Texas. He trains offensive linemen. Tommy has been kind of living and breathing the life of an offensive lineman as long as he's been around. J.C. Latham, on the other hand, is a converted defensive end. He's a converted basketball player. Um, he is one of those players that has all the requisite tools to be an elite offensive lineman, but he's not quite as far as long as Tommy Brockemeyer at this point. He's got a maybe a higher ceiling long-term, but I think if you're looking for a guy who's going to step in right away, Tommy's your better bet, but you never know how J.C. is going to look after a couple of months in Alabama strength and conditioning program. Okay. Defensive line. There's a lot of guys to choose from. Corey Foreman, the number one player in the composite. He's going to USC. Figure he'll start immediately. Jack Sawyer, Ohio State, defensive end signee. Never got any buzz, but why can't he be their next great defensive end? You've got Taiwan Malone, Ole Miss. Huge signing day win over Texas A&M. He also wants to play baseball in Oxford as the guy that you'd like to discuss today from the all-impact team on the D-line. Yeah, I don't know about Taiwan Malone, the baseball player. He's 300 pounds. Like, I think that was more of a recruiting thing than anything for Ole Miss. Like, he'll be on the roster. I don't know how much he'll contribute for Ole Miss, which is a really strong baseball program. But I can say with a pretty high degree of confidence, Taiwan is going to start right away for the Rebels at defensive tackle. A few defenses in the country need more help than Ole Miss coming off of last season. That defensive front particularly struggled for the Rebels all year. And Malone is a guy that they're talking about with such high praise early on. A defensive coordinator, Chris Partridge, described him as one of the most athletic big men he's ever seen. He's like a dancing bear on his feet. He's saying Taiwan's a name that everybody needs to know in Oxford right away. And I have no doubt he's going to plug and play for the Rebels. He's one of the best interior defensive linemen in this class. And he is positioned to be on the field immediately for Ole Miss. Linebacker, you've got a few guys here. You wanted to spotlight Aaron Willis going to Tennessee. He's number 137 on the composite. What do you like about him? Because Tennessee needs help there. They lost Henry Toto and Kovaris Crouch. Yeah, with Toto and Crouch leaving, Tennessee's both of their interior kind of starting uh, linebacker positions are up for grabs. And Aaron Willis is the most talented recruit in Tennessee's 2021 class. He's a natural fit to kind of step in right away. He's kind of of the undersized variety that we often see at Auburn. He's five foot 11, like 215 pounds, but he's got a mean streak. He flies to the football. He reads the kind of plays really well. He's instinctive. And I think he's exactly the type of player who with a couple months in the strength and conditioning program can step in immediately and make a big impact from the balls. And they need all the help they can get early on from young players uh, with the way that roster is turned over. Secondary. This is our last position, Chris. So we'll have a few guys to choose from here. You've got Nyland Green going to Georgia. You've got you've got Louisville and TCU are on the list. Kool-Aid McKinstry uh, going to Bama. Sage Ryan at LSU. That was a big recruiting win for the Tigers. Who do you want to spotlight on, on here? I would love to talk about Sage Ryan because I think he's one of the funnest players to watch in this class. He's got quite a bit of Minka Fitzpatrick in him, if I'm being honest. One of those players who can play all five positions in the secondary, do it well, a really elite athlete, and he's going to play quickly at LSU. But I think for Georgia, landing Nyland Green is probably the most important of the defensive backs I have on this list. Georgia's cornerback room is completely decimated after a couple of declarations for the draft and a notable transfer with Tyreek Stevenson going to Miami. Georgia really needs impact players at cornerback to emerge. And Nyland Green, a five-star in the top 247 rankings, is one of those players who could step in right away and play. He's going to play plenty in that rotation. I would put money on him as a true freshman starter for the Bulldogs. And I just think he's going to be Georgia's kind of next great cornerback. And I think he's a really safe bet when you look at the true freshman cornerbacks nationally. 
to play quickly and to play immediately. Every single year we see a true freshman cornerback really break out. The last two years, they've both been from LSU, Derek Stingley, and then Eli Ricks. It will be fun to watch this Georgia secondary. Totally retooled. I think people are forgetting about Keely Ringo. Missed all of the 2020 season with an injury, but was a former top 10 recruit as well. So Nylon Green, Keely Ringo, you've got Jalen Kimber in there, uh, another former elite guy. You, you said it. You've got three cornerback spots to fill with, with one of those guys being the nickel. That's going to be a young secondary. They're going to be tested early on in the season. Imagine, Chris, you're Keely Ringo. You're Nylon Green. You've never played a college football snap. You're going against uh, Justin Ross in week one, but it's, it's going to be fun to, fun to watch for Georgia. And I think if you're predicting a Georgia bounce back, you're doing it under the assumption that one of those guys is going to become a star at cornerback for Kirby Smart. So uh, this is a good list. It's a good team. It's, it's always fun to see how these guys pan out. But I, I agree with you that in a, in a year in which some of these guys like Travion Henderson did not even get to play high school football, it feels more than ever like a shot in the dark. But we'll uh, we'll check back in a few months, Chris, and see how you did. So, so thanks for joining us. For our producer, Lance Glenn, I'm Trey Scott. You guys have a great weekend. We will be back on Monday, probably talking about the return of the EA Sports College Football video game. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.